Okay, hi friends. Hello friends. Um, we are coming at you after this Dutch GP. Yeah, at Zandvoort. Zandvoort. I think that's how you say it. Yeah, I'm not sure. So. Um, sorry, it's Shanika and Caitlin, a part of Get Checkered, which is part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown and community supported. Um, yeah, I will say it's been it's been excited to have a new race in a new place, and so far to like not have it rained out benefits baby <laughs> right it looked like fantastic weather there i was very jealous mm-hmm. very very jealous um but yeah so we actually had a race this week which is nice after that whole spa situation <laughs> um so um we're gonna we actually have some like weekly updates um we can go over for you guys um a lot actually happened in quali we can discuss yeah um and then of course race day and post race interviews for you guys because it was pretty spicy uh so (laughs) and caitlin and i were watching two different streams so it's interesting to see what certain commentators are about saying about certain things and where there's some overlap and where there isn't as well yeah i think like shanika was watching uh sky sports and i think yours was a bit more fun i was watching (laughs) f1 tv it was it was okay it wasn't spicy I would say (laughs) (laughs) we'll get there (laughs) um we'll get there okay so weekly updates slash just like facts about what's gonna happen for this race weekend I didn't know what to call this section um (laughs) but we did some lookups onto this track so um in Zandvoort it's uh, I looked it up on the google maps it's literally a coastal town it's like 30k ish from Amsterdam it's right near the hog Mind you, okay, Netherlands is not very big, so, like, not surprising. <laughs> but, like, if you look at pictures of this place, like, it's literally, like, the beach is not far away. It's pretty epic. Um, so, yeah, I, I know that it'd be awesome to be there. It would be. I was going to say, now. this might have to be one that we add to our list of potential races to go to. I think so. They're guaranteed, I think, to do a 2022 race. I don't know what's happening after that, but. I, I mean, like, I'd be down. We could record the podcast on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be nice. Um, oh, Shanika got a good note here about the race. Yeah. So this was surprising to me, and I only heard it. Um, I kid you not. Last night at, like, 11.45 before I went to sleep. But there is uh, an organization run by this guy. I don't know. His name doesn't matter so much. But it's called mobilization for the environment and they actually filed a lawsuit against um whoever the track host track team uh, coordinating everyone is um and the lawsuit happened uh like basically last week or the week before um but they weren't given the okay to race until last week So even though this was already planned and this was already obviously part of the schedule and everything like that, um, this organization filed a lawsuit, which I thought was interesting because uh, their biggest concern was just the environmental impact and protecting the nature in the area. This probably speaks to what Caitlin was saying. Like if it is that close to the beach, um, I would have some concerns, but a judge quite literally on Tuesday of this week was like, it's going through. Sorry, dude. So it didn't really work out in his favor, but (laughs) 
I just think it's yeah. interesting. This is something that Caitlin mentioned in a, did a whole podcast about, which is just how can F1 be more environmentally friendly? And I'm curious to see what it looks like when the fans leave today, because mm-hmm. if it's completely just like disgusting and there's garbage everywhere and stuff like that, I do think this guy could probably come back or organization mobilization for the environment um, and say like, Hey, we had this, but like, look at everything that happened. Um, so let's just hope that the fans and the organizers just keep everything nice and clean because uh, we want to be back. Obviously this was like a really nice location and stuff like that, but we also want to find a way to protect the environment. Shit. That's wild. Like I, I do think, so I'm glad the race went through. I'm glad this lawsuit didn't like, affect the race. Mm-hmm. But if there, I I don't know what's going to happen because like Max, um, spoiler alert, Max does really well. Um, so like were the fans just like going crazy partying? They might have been. We saw so much smoke in this race from like them just lighting up their orange smoke. I know. Um, apparently, they were told not to bring them. <laughs> well, I mean, they 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 brought them out in freaking hordes. So. <laughs> I like I don't know maybe maybe it will be a thing that if they find there was a lot of litter or just mm-hmm. garbage afterwards um the circuit itself could do more which is never a bad thing but I think it should still go on because no matter where in the world you're going to have an environmental impact as in the Grand Prix anyways kind of attention on that one. <laughs> <laughs> um but no that's interesting I had not seen the notes since Shanka put it in that was nice to me interesting um Kind of on a more lighthearted note, a lot of this GP seems to be in focus on a delicacy, a Dutch delicacy. Those little cute little stroop waffles. Dude, they're so good. And they're just you know, like making them fresh. I was to think about when was the last time, I, I definitely haven't had one that like freshly made, but when was the last time you've had one? I got a little pack for Christmas in the stocking. <laughs> what about you? I think the last time I had one, like, kind of a bit more close to Europe was honestly when I was in Berlin. So that would have been, like, 2014 or something. Oh, damn. Do you remember what it tastes like? (laughs) That's, what, seven years ago, Shani? I know. Like, I just don't really remember. But I do know that um, they recommended that you kind of, like, warm the waffle on top of the... Everyone else is drinking coffee, but I was drinking, like a latte um on top of that so that like it gets like gooey and yeah. soft yeah something like that <laughs> I was like okay shit yeah so. no that's like what everyone's insta stories were <laughs> <laughs> I was actually like Shanika and I didn't watch this race together mm-hmm. but I was debating like if we were going to do it together I could go out we have like a very German German store here that sells probably yeah. lots of these things so I was debating buying them but you know what it's better for our bodies not (laughs) but anyways um okay so we got some fun facts on this track actually because it's new um haven't been here for a long time so um Mm. shanika and i we can kind of just like go back and forth i guess um so fun fact one yes it's not the first gp they've been here before 1948 to 1985 returning after 36 years this year do we know why they just didn't come back for the last couple of years? I I have no idea. Probably because it costs like what twenty million. True, true, true. We know that it's very expensive <laughs> for the hosting country. Uh, the first race in nineteen eighty four was won by a Thai prince. Nineteen forty eight. Nineteen forty eight. Sorry, 
um, <laughs> was won by a Thai prince, Prince Gira of Siam. Siam. Uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty great. Right? The next Thai person in F1 is actually Alex Albon. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot. We have some, I think there's like some potential announcements. We'll just talk about it later, but they're coming <laughs> tied to this tied to Alex. <laughs> Interesting. Um, and then, so the last race, 1985, Nikki Lauda was the last one to win there. And it was his final victory of his F1 career. Um, and then, so kind of on the Lauda note, his rival, James Hunt, won his first F1 race at this Dutch course in 1975. So it's just like lots of good memories for lots of prominent people. <laughs> yeah, and that makes me surprised. And then, uh, yeah, you're right. It probably isn't anything where it hasn't been back in so long. But if there's so many like history-making moments, you would think they would do anything possible to make it be a thing. Um, I also think like Max being in the position he's in mm-hmm. has brought a lot more love from the country back into F1. And probably helps. That's actually a very good point. Uh, they hosted the Masters of Formula Three race since 1991. Many uh, F1 drivers have experienced that, so we actually heard about this throughout the race. Was them talking about this? So Lewis won in 2005. Valtteri won back to back years. Apparently, he is the only one to do so. Um, in nice. 2009 and 2010, uh, Max won in 2014, and Gio Venazzi won in 2015. Yeah, so like lots of them have been to this track before, just not mm-hmm. one is what we're trying to get at. Um, so something unique about this course, I guess, um, is they have banked corners. So um, they have one going to the left and one going to the right. So I, get, I think that's better for the car rather than like a lot of pressure just on the one side if it's banked to one side all the time. Um, so it's turn three. I don't know. They named it after the former circuit director, John H. Will not attempt that last <laughs> name. Um, and turn 14 is the final corner. Um, it's called Airy Lewandyke. And you know what I thought of um, when I was writing his name down? I'm like, Ari Jr. from The Bachelor. This sounds okay, like I was thinking that too when I saw the name. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was like, is this like a coincidence or whatever? <laughs> but I guess so. Airy Lewandyke is a two-time Indy 500 winner. So props to him. He's not a bachelor dickhead, so very good. Um, and so turn 14, it has an 18-degree bank. Um, they say it's to allow overtaking opportunities. Um, so in a, in a promotional bid for McLaren, Danny Rick actually rolls a fucking stroopwafel down to like see if, how steep is this thing actually? And the fucking stroopwafel rolls. So it's pretty steep. Wow. Um, I think what's interesting is that it is named after an IndyCar person because I don't know from what I was seeing it just like it seems challenging for Formula One cars and you actually haven't noted here that that this is challenging um, because Formula One cars are not designed to sustain banking so teams have to think about suspension for throughout race. Um, Caitlin's so technical here so I hope I have no idea what the hell this means but I'm sure someone does. Um, vector angles, addition, and resultant vector. <laughs> but yeah, more so, <laughs> Yeah, I got this from, like, I was watching the tech talk on it. Um, and it's all about, so in engineering, you're doing your statics or dynamics courses, and you're adding up your fucking arrows, and your resultant vector is the addition of those arrows. So 
resultant vector on these banks is much more quote unquote vertical to the car, not like exact y axis vertical, but like vertical in relation to the car. So it feels like a lot more downforce on the car. Um, if you don't understand what I'm saying, because I, I mean, like, I'm not great with words and I'm trying to describe <laughs> vectors. Um, go check out the tech talk from um, F1 on this race because they, they show it in a diagram and it's 10 times easier to understand. Um, so with the downforce, it will seem considerably higher than a flat corner. So things to note, um, but mm-hmm, like Keelan mm-hmm. said, I'll make sure to link the TED talk in the show notes. Not TED talk, tech. Tech talk. Sorry. <laughs> I thought you said TED talk the whole time. No. I was like, why would they do a TED talk on this? That'd be interesting though. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's something F1 could do their own TED talks. It'd be cool to have like um someone that's won a bunch of races and just get their perspective or a team that's won a bunch of races yeah there's an idea f1 um okay and kind of like tying into all that downforce and everything um is the tires for the race um mm-hmm. so Pirelli um actually had discussions about like they thought they were going to make a special tire to cope with the extra high loads that were expected um more recently, though, it came out that they weren't going to alter any of the F1 tires. Um, but they did choose the hard, hardest three um, mm-hmm. out of their repertoire um, for this race. So, um, <laughs> turns out, Shanika, Shanika brought up this uh, very infamous race, the 2005 um, GP at Indianapolis. Um, I guess banking mm-hmm. had something to do with that as well, with the tires. So it's like yeah. probably definitely knew that they had to investigate this i think it even came up like they were doing some testings i think in barcelona 2020 to do with tires and but i don't know but they definitely had their eye on it and they chose not to do any special tires and i mean we didn't see any tire blowouts so it seemed to be okay yeah whatever they did worked which is really great right? um max was said to during the race he was saying that this isn't the easiest track to overtake and i think we saw that kind of play out for some yeah. people, there was like <laughs> a handful that, you know, said, fuck that and figured it out anyways for themselves. Yeah. But yeah, I think just in general, it's like a pretty mm-hmm. known to the drivers to be more difficult to overtake. So if you are going to, you just have to be strategic about it. Um, and kind of on Shanika's note earlier about being environmentally conscious and this whole lawsuit, um, they said a very interesting fact that most of the spectators came via bicycle um so i mean like classic netherlands yeah, of them. they had <laughs> huge bike racks um and they had to extend the train station um they had so many people arriving by train so less than approximately two percent of attendance arrived via cars which is good you know you're that close to the metropolitan areas in netherlands um and you have the systems in place like they have bike lanes fucking everywhere and the train already goes there. Like, yeah, yeah, do that and be environmentally conscious. The Dutch are good at that. Yeah, and I think also just as smart because um, looks like they're going to be partying until like the late a.m. there. So <laughs> it's kind of like you don't want to drive. You want to just enjoy yourself. Exactly. Safety first, y'all. Uh, one of the things that's been happening all week, which I feel like is going to be reaching a fever pitch next week, is so much conversation about driver shuffles because... 
I, I guess like the, I don't want to say the first shoe to fall, but like kind of feels that way. The first domino to fall, the first shoe to drop, whatever, um, is that Kimmy announced that he is retiring at the end of the season, which means that a seat is officially open. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that there's just like a lot, a lot of speculation going on. <laughs> yep. Um, there seems to be like a central plot that a lot of people are sticking to, but I mean, like that's not confirmed. And there's so many other possibilities of where people could go. Yeah. Um, but like on the Alfa Romeo train, a lot of people are thinking Giovinazzi has not been performing enough to keep his seat either. Um, Ooh, that's like right. I just didn't. I didn't hear that rumor, but like that's. Kind yeah, of I've sense, seen. So maybe it's just like the bubble I'm seeing. I don't know. Yeah. I thought it was like the normal bubble, but maybe it's just the bubble I'm seeing. <laughs> but they're saying that like Antonio is going to get the boot too, and so there's two spots at Alfa Romeo, um, and lots of people are thinking it's Nick DeVries and actually um, Bodas. And for those who don't remember, Nick DeVries just won the Formula E championship, yep. right, for Mercedes. With Mercedes, correct. Yep. Um, and like he he was actually the F1 TV post race commentator. Um, and like everyone's saying that, like, oh, it's so great to like have you here. Hopefully, see you in the F1 seat next year. Um, so, wow. There's that. Yes. <laughs> um, I think the big, so yeah, okay, let's say Bonus goes to Alfa Romeo. I think you know what comes next. <laughs> So obviously the one thing that has just been a topic of conversation all season, which seemed to be solidified, I would say last race is that George Russell is like 99% going to Mercedes. Um, But (laughs) Caitlin noted here, uh, when we shared that we had a friend slide into our DMs on Instagram at get checkered, all of us there, Um, just trying to figure out like what was going on because Valtteri had posted a photo of like clearly the back page you know flipped over of a contract with a pen he's been posting photos of a new mercedes car like it's just very confusing (laughs) Mm -hmm. um yeah so i don't know what's going on there you have noted here maybe it's like a parting gift that they're like that's my hypothesis i'm like so i don't think like thank you so much and i do think that too because mercedes is like a very they try to be as respectful as possible which is why actually i think that mercedes hasn't announced anything um about george because i think they do want to wait until let's say hypothetically valtteri did sign that contract um that they want to wait until alfa romeo is ready to make that announcement and it likely will come when they have that second driver's seat sorted or whatever. Um, so I think mm-hmm. they're just trying to do it as respectfully as possible. But I was reading a few articles and I think obviously it's upsetting to go from like the best team to maybe one that isn't <laughs> the best yeah. team. Um, but it seems like for Valtteri, it's a bit of a relief. Like he is obviously getting older. Um, so to have this contract will likely be a multi-year contract. And as we know with Mercedes, he's been on one-year contracts. And like, that is such an additional stressor that you just don't mm-hmm. need. Um, so it'll likely be a multi-year contract. Um, there has been talks as well, as much as uh, Alfa Romeo is like tied to Ferrari, that they might have a Mercedes engine next year. So there's like a lot of opportunity there. Oh. But I think, yeah, I read two articles about that. So I think at the end of the day, they're just trying to like be respectful um, but I think for Valtteri, who, like I said, is getting older, it's coming up on like, not the end of his career, but 
definitely the final years, I would say, unless he's brought back, like Fernando Alonso. Um, I think having the multi-year contract would be great. Yeah, and I think like at Alfa Romeo, he depending who his teammate is, he'll likely be the like top seat, right? A hundred percent. Like, especially I mean, even if he went there without Geo being kicked, like he would still be the better driver. <laughs> Um, and then if they do yeah. have like someone like a junior, like Nick DeVries coming in, then yeah, you do want a team that has someone more senior and someone junior. So he would be like in driver order. He'd finally be like the first driver instead of second seat, which is nice. I think he'd appreciate that. It'd yeah. feel good. <laughs> um, but okay. So Georgie to Mercedes likely. Yeah. So what happens in Williams then? Um, <laughs> well, looks like Latifi's not going anywhere, which is very surprising because what has he done? Absolutely nothing. Um, <laughs> but they did, yeah, like Caitlin noted here, they did say, like Williams has said, and we mentioned it in a few podcasts ago, that they don't need a paid driver anymore. So I don't know what's going to happen there, but I also don't know how long Latifi's contract is for. So it might be that he just has a contract through the end of next year or like two more years, who knows? Um, mm-hmm. but it seems like Alex Albon is likely joining Williams and the person that outed it all <laughs> <laughs> is his beautifully like talent, beautiful, talented girlfriend, um, who currently, I guess before was just following obviously Alex and, um, Red Bull racing, but then started following Williams. So <laughs> you thought people wouldn't notice. Well, right. the whole internet notice. And I do think that this is... Okay, so Caitlin, what do you think? Do you think this is a good move for Alex Albon? Um, I'm surprised they would want him because he's such a Red Bull guy. Mm-hmm. Even in, like, he, he's not racing Red Bull right now. He's the reserve driver, but he's, he defends them a lot even when he's, like, the post-race co-host for interviews. He's defending Red Bull. I'm like, so why would you go to a Mercedes sister-ish team? Why would you want him? I, I feel like, and I've heard that Toto has actually said, like, you need to, like, relinquish all ties to Red Bull before signing or something. <laughs> and I think that's a really real thing. One of the interviews I listened to was just, you know, Christian being like, yeah, well, like, we really want Alex to get a seat. Like, he deserves one. I'm like, okay, like, where's Pierre Gasly in this conversation? But okay, fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then on the like you know how they do their interviews so it was like christian going first being like yeah we're doing everything we can to get the paper signed but then on the flip side there's toto being like yeah of course <laughs> like alex is a great guy which i thought was so funny he said like great guy like good driver but first started with great guy um but you know he deserves to be in formula one but just so does nick devries so like where mm-hmm. does nick so um obviously Nick is part of like the Mercedes family and like Caitlin said, Williams is like the sister team. So there's like a lot of stuff going on there, but what I, uh, I just don't know. I think it's like good to have Alex Albin in formula one to like get more practice, I guess. But I do think like Williams is a weird move, but we have seen Williams has been doing really, really well lately. So I think with the cost cap coming in, it could be interesting, an interesting move at least. I yeah I, it'll i feel like i don't know is it almost like a mercedes strategy to like pull more red people red oh god red bull people away because <laughs> like, maybe they, i don't know, I don't know. like 
that could play in their favor. Um, I did see on Twitter uh, that, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's just like Helmet Marco is like such a meme. Um, <laughs> because I guess he said that they're going to announce, okay, Caitlin, they, he said that they're going to announce um, Pierre Gasly's contract extension like next week or something. But it's like with him saying that, isn't he just saying, like, isn't he announcing that Pierre got the extension? Like, what do you mean you need to announce it more? Like, you just told the world that he's getting the extension. Like, I just don't understand. <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel like there's probably like, I bet you Pierre needs to sign something and then they can form and come out with it. But it's like, dude, you just fucking said it in your own that is yeah that is really stupid but whatever yeah i don't think either shanika or i are truly a big fan of helmut no absolutely not but at least that's like i suppose another confirmation that at least pierre will have another year at alpha tori um i do think he's the next driver that needs to leave though so i heard a very interesting interview from pierre i can't remember where but he's like, he was disappointed not to be called up to Red Bull this year. He was disappointed to see Sergio get that contract extension because he's like, I've been doing so well. So right? he really wants that Red Bull seat? Yeah! And I'm like, but I wonder, like, Pierre could have gone to freaking... Actually, no, Alfa Tori's car is better than Williams. But, um, I mean, like, come to come to the Mercedes family, Pierre. Yeah, I would appreciate also, you more. <laughs> yeah, you need to go to a team that like that can be your team. You know what I mean? Because like Red Bull is building everything around Max, just as like yeah. Mercedes yeah. has built everything so far around Lewis. But Lewis is obviously going to be retiring soon in the next couple of years, which means like they're going to start shifting everything to build around George. So he yeah. needs a team that's all for him. And I think actually Williams is not like a bad choice because they could he could build that team around him. But it's so surprising yeah. to me that he's like, I wanted that Red Bull seat. It's like, why? They treated you like shit. <laughs> I wonder if he's he's seen the Christian Horner interviews on Drive to Survive or if he's avoided that whole show. I have no idea. I don't love that. No, me neither. But I mean, facts are facts. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, you guys will we'll hear more within the next week. So I guess we'll have another update for you next week. <laughs> um but okay we're gonna keep moving along um we actually have a full freaking episode today so um time for a quick ad break um this one is for roomy by atco um with warmer weather comes yard work and lots of it prune your trees and shrubs clean your eavesdrops replace those drafty windows you notice over the winter or you can call roomy to take care of all your outdoor and indoor spring home maintenance while you fire up the barbecue and relax so visit roomy.ca that's R-U-M-I dot C-A or call 1-844-777-7864 and let Rumi's trusted local experts take care of your yard. So all you have to do is enjoy it. Woohoo. So qualies were, uh, like, I guess free practice and qualies. Kind of a mess, hey? <laughs> kind of. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Um like so yeah shanka said like free practices we'll do those quickly first kind of three notes we have on that um so fp1 we had vettel out with an engine problem um so they cut the session short by like 40 minutes so i guess they had a problem the car was still electrically alive um what does that even mean it means like 
you have to be really careful about touching stuff. The engine's not working, but everything could still like Explode. electrically, like freaking electrocute you. So they had to be very careful getting that off the track and get it all fixed up. Um, and then, so in the afternoon on Friday, FP2, Hamilton actually had to stop on track as well. So he had a reported loss of power. Um, they gave a red flag. Um, they did resume. And then there was another red flag because there was a spinoff by a Haas spinner driver (laughs) (laughs) well played thank you i have carefully avoided his name throughout this episode you will see um and then so saturday morning fp3 we had carlos signs had a big boom boom um so he himself said like it was a stressful situation because you literally have until the afternoon to get your car back ready for a qualification session (laughs) not easy Um, no so they got a red flag and fp3 ended up being cut short by 10 minutes but um it kind of led us into quality um from the like so we see like car issues from hamilton and Vettel. we're like oh what does this mean like are they gonna be okay for the race you Did just kind of had that Vettel, like pop out of his car and then grab a fire extinguisher no <laughs> yeah <laughs> sorry again like another meme but he like hopped out of his car and he, i guess he must have been told that you know, the issues that with his car still being electrically alive or something um, that he ran to like one of the barriers and there's a fire extinguisher behind it and he grabbed that and was like, oh, Jesus, trying to use it. So said the fire marshal just as his repertoire. So, you know, just multi-talented guy. Solid. Yeah, solid. Um, so, OK, now we can go into quality. Um, just give you a brief update overview of what happened throughout the qualification session yeah so i think like the most disappointing thing was like sergio perez right yeah (laughs) yeah did he get into an accident no i think he so in q1 um and we know the bottom five drivers get eliminated he got stuck in traffic so he didn't get his um like fastest time and he didn't get his flying lap in um so just didn't make it into the top 15 and was out in Q1. I know. And he started at the pits, but I thought it was because they swapped an engine. Oh, maybe. Um, yeah. That would be a, yeah, that would explain why. Because he did start like, guys, he started P20. It was not great for Sergio Perez. <laughs> oh my God. Um, um, what happened with the Haas drivers? Um, so I actually, I first saw the video of them talking about each other and like how, the situation that occurred and I was like whoa there is drama and then it kind of just like I kept learning more and more and I'm like good god these but like boys are just so dramatic you know Shani yeah (laughs) okay so um what I pretty much learned is so in Q1 um there's like and the Haas unspoken unnamed driver um he's like there's like a I'm putting quote-unquote unofficial rule because i don't know if it's written down in a rule book anywhere um he's like the drivers switch order at um for each weekend pretty much um to go first to get the flying lap in and it was mixed turn really to go second but then he passed his teammate um to go first for his flying lap and his teammate was pissed and he's like he ruined his he ruined my final lap <laughs> and then um mixed take they interviewed him he's like well I asked if I could overtake him because my tires were quite cold and 
usually does a lap slower than mine. So like subtle dig. Um, he got an okay from the team and he's like, I guess my teammate didn't hear that. And this is why he's mad at me that it was like okayed by the team. Oh God. <laughs> right. And then, so they actually had like a little bit of kerfuffle on one of the turns. Um, and it actually, so Sebastian Vettel was coming up behind them on his flying lap. And because, like, they were the two Haas were side by side in this little situation, Seb actually had to like get off his gas and like let go a little bit. So his flying lap time kind of went to shit. Seb ended up getting like P17. He was out in Q1 because of this whole situation. Um, they, uh, I think it was looked into by the stewards, but um, quote unquote, Seb was being a gentleman and like there was no penalties given to the Haas drivers. Um, but it's like, so I learned today that um on their driver's parade um the two Haas drivers actually refused to stand next to each other so they are still mad <laughs> not talking to each other and it's like just a toxic environment so for like the p19 and p20 drivers of this season like is that necessary probably not hey <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. given everything um yeah i don't know that's I wouldn't want to stand next to that second house driver anyways. Like um, ever. <laughs> with Alvaro Romeo, we saw that um, Robert Kabitza was put in and I was just, I was confused. I remember being like, why? But it's because freaking Kimmy got COVID. Y'all, I understand that like vaccine uh, inequity is a global issue for sure. Um, but I'm pretty sure that European countries and people that worked on sports teams have been able to flex their way into getting vaccinated whether they're good for good reasons or bad reasons, like get vaccinated people. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Look like now he's out of racing, but also he is older. So we know that COVID impacts all people that are a little bit older, even young people, even kids. So just get vaccinated, please. So it's it's just not great. Anyways, um, Robert Kibitza, I haven't seen him in a while. I can't even remember who he is, TBH. I was like, oh, okay, this is, like, nice to see, like, this person. That's, like, great. Um, but he did not do so hot either. He ended up finishing P18, but because of Prez, uh, he ended up in P16. Yeah, and actually, like, Latifi, um, fast-forwarding, like, Latifi ends up getting bumped down. He starts from pit lane as well. So Kibitzka, however you pronounce it, he's P16. He, he bumped up two spots. Um, yeah, I definitely did not organize my notes all that great. Sorry, Shani. <laughs> um, hey, that's okay. Kind of, At least you took them. Kind of going into Q2 now. Um, it was just a bad session for both Williams drivers. So, um, first Georgie has boom and then Latifi has a boom, boom. <laughs> that was a boom, boom, boom for the Williams team in Q2. Um, I think something happened to Latifi's car. So he ends up starting in the pit lane, like we just mentioned. Um, and then, so that's like a P19. Georgie didn't make it out of Q2. He starts P11 though. Um, so yeah, just like not, not, not a good Saturday for the Williams team. But I mean, they can't win out. Like, I mean, Georgie's coming off a fucking P2 from Spa, right? So not yeah, every like- rate, not every weekend is going to be your week. Exactly. Not every weekend's going to be a P2 weekend. Um, But I also noticed that Lando, right, had some issues too. 
Yeah, I was surprised to see Lando didn't make it out of Q2. Um, and we saw him starting P13. And I'm like, what happened? So he, um, because of these red flags from Williams, like he did not hit his second, I think, flying lap in either. So his time was not enough to make it through. Um, yeah, they got to figure something out because it's like, you know, Seb got fucked with whatever's going on with the Haas cars. Yeah. And then everyone else seems to have been impacted a little bit by like just other people's cars that maybe, I mean, I that's just say, like bad luck, right? I know, but it like sucks that luck needs to play into it at all. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. It's like not okay. So in the probability scheme of things, it's not that high that you're going to get a red flag in qualifications, but it's always there and that is luck. So I don't know. It's just shitty, but he, like, I, he, he can make up a few spots. He has the car to make up a few spots. So just race your car as hard as you can. His teammates seem to have done okay. (laughs) Yeah. Like in, in Danny's own words, like he had a good Q1 and Q2, but he made it into Q3 and he's like, that was not where my, it was not the best pace he had. He, he got last in Q3. So he started P10. Um, yeah i don't know it was like promising he was actually pretty good i think in q1 and q2 so it's like oh okay kind of disappointing for q3 but it is what it is i really feel for daniel ricardo because it's like he still seems to not be able to get this car under control you know what i mean yeah we thought he had been able to just like after the past few races and it's just like it's 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 not fully (laughs) not fully yet which I, it must be hard on him. What we see is what he sees, like, but he sees it times a thousand. So, exactly. So it's like, as much as we're feeling bad for him, he's a hundred percent feeling worse. Uh, the mm-hmm, Alpines mm-hmm. really brought it. So Fernando Alonso finished P nine, Esteban Ocon in P eight, which love to see because we want to see different teams up there, right? And like they're close. That's that's good for a team when your drivers are going like well they're pretty much proving that they're very equal because <laughs> they are in an equal car so um that's good for alpine i think um we had italian jesus have his best quality result i think it's tied for his best quality result he got p7 i was surprised to even see him in q3 and yet alone he gets p7 i was like Oof. whoa whoa i think what killed me is that like a P7 finish for a freaking Alfa Romeo for Antonio Giovinazzi, who, you know, isn't like a, he's not considered a league of his own or whatever kind of driver. No one cared. <laughs> Cause I think when, um, you know, obviously for George, it's a huge deal for him to get into P2, but it was all over everything. That's all everything anyone could talk about. And it's like, Hey, this guy got into P7 and an Alfa Romeo beating out like cars that are way better than his car and no one cared <laughs> that he did yeah, that, that that's that's just fan base man <laughs> that's just fan base Hate but yeah it, it does suck yeah mm-hmm. um and like on the ferrari train because um alfa romeo is kind of in the ferrari academy schooling sisterhood brotherhood whatever ferrari did have a great qualification like charles in p5 carlos in p6 and then jesus and p7 like that's pretty that's pretty good considering yeah, that's a really good showing their um competitor mclaren was like p10 p13 <laughs> just was not the race for them hey um Definitely. no my 
favorite person who I still haven't figured out why I like him. So if anyone's keeping track of how many times I'm like, I don't, I have this unexplainable crush on Pierre Gasly still is unexplainable, really unsure what's going on there. Um, (laughs) He qualified in fourth, which again, for the Alpha Tori, I feel like that's the best that they could possibly do. Right. Um, Yeah. That's awesome. He's behind Max and he's behind two Ferraris. Like those are kind of league of their own. So the fact he's up there just behind them is a great showing exactly so like Caitlin said ended up behind the mercedes and max and but ahead of the ferraris and mclarens which is really big for alpha tori um alpha tori would say that they're competing with the alpines so for him to also all out qualify the alpines is huge yep yep so like he's doing so great red bull i mean you have this opportunity but you passed him by whatever go somewhere else pierre <laughs> I know we have some ideas, Pierre. We think you should just ditch them and like basically stab him in the heart with a knife or something by going to a Mercedes team. Yes. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about the race day shortly, but just after this ad break. So this episode of Get Checkered is brought to you by the Business Council of Alberta and specifically their podcast, C-Suite Unplugged. Have you ever wondered what goes on inside a CEO's mind or what it's really like to lead a company, C-Suite Unplugged, an Alberta Better podcast series, brings you fresh and honest conversations with Alberta's best CEOs, from leaders in energy to finance to tech, innovation and agriculture, and everything in between. Join host Adam Legg, president of Business Council of Alberta, for an unplugged conversation with Alberta's leaders about their stories, what keeps them up at night, and their outlook on the future of Alberta. Find new episodes of C-Suite Unplugged on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen at businesscouncilab.com slash Alberta Better Podcast. That's businesscouncilab.com slash Alberta Better Podcast. New episodes drop every Tuesday. Very cool. Very, very cool. So jumping into race day. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, let's do it. A lot of stuff happened for like a seemingly uneventful race, eh? I mean, yes. I think like Shanika and I, we were watching it together. Um, but I personally got the vibe that like everyone's saying it was super close the whole time. And I'm like, it wasn't close enough, you know? I think I'm like, <laughs> I'm looking for that high and I keep looking for that high. But no, it like overall, it was a very entertaining race. So like you couldn't really take your eye off because you've missed something. Mm-hmm. So Max started off in P1 and had a such a solid start, which like hurt my soul. Um, he always has good starts, though. It's I know. Just, like, he's doing good. It's just like, I thought, though, I was like, come on, Lewis. <laughs> we had a break. <laughs> You're back. You know, if Max gets pulled, he is doing what he does best, which is like, gunning it and then immediately crossing over to block you from (laughs) getting a line which is exactly what happened (laughs) yeah when he lined up at his grid he positioned his car to go in front of lewis see (laughs) so it just is like come on lewis (laughs) something just do something anyways like yeah max took it the lead from the get-go which of course made the crowd go wild Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, Lewis, like he, he didn't lose too much time, but it, I don't know what it is about the Red Bulls or if it's just Max specifically, like 
he isn't the kind of driver that, you know, off the start can just get like a one second gap between them and Lewis or whatever. He just guns it and he's gone and he will get like as far away as possible, which yeah. sucks for everyone got, else. That's he was him. almost at two seconds, like pretty quick. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> exactly. Sorry, I just had my cat literally at my face. <laughs> I need to see the screen. Um, so yeah, we had like everyone kind of kind of stayed in position. I know Antonio yeah. lost a few positions um, from the start, but um, we heard actually from Russell. Um, he was following Danny Rick, and he's like, "Ricardo is smoking and dropping oil." We heard over the radio, and it was like, "Oh, that doesn't sound good." <laughs> It doesn't sound good. And I don't know if this is jumping ahead, but it's kind of tied to this. So, um, when I was looking at, or like watching the post-race stuff with sky news, they finally showed it from his perspective, like what happened off the start, because Danny should have been fine, (laughs) like where he was, but it turns out that he couldn't get the car into first gear. And then (gasps) when he couldn't do that, like just as just before they started Caitlin, he started waving to get his team's attention, like to be like, I can't get this car into first gear. Um, and then to basically just abort the drive, like just to, you know, pull out of the race right away. Um, but he was able to get into first gear. And then when he did like a weird message popped up on his steering wheel. So it seems like he must, might've had car issues like the whole time. Um, but that, the drivers, I guess, noticed after, you know, the smoking and dropping oil, but it, it seems like it was an issue that started from the get-go. Oh, shit. I did not know that. That's scary. Mm-hmm. Dude, could you, I, like, I'm glad he raced because it's always good. And it's probably, like, it's what he wants to do, but it's, like, he was that close to not actually going through the race. That's scary. Yeah. And I, I to make everyone feel a bit more comfortable, I, I suppose that, yes, he was smoking. He was we couldn't see the dropping oil per se, but uh, it seemed like over team radio, McLaren was kind of like, hey, make these adjustments, but like you're going to be fine. And he was fine for the rest of the race, meaning like nothing crazy or scary happened. Yeah, no, it it it, it did turn out OK for him. Thank goodness. Uh, we just had a little bit of a scare there. Um, yeah, so um so kind of from the start, like, yeah, Giovinazzi did drop his three spots. Shani noted here that gas ended up, he locked off on turn one. Um, yeah, which apparently is like a mistake. I don't know. Nico was saying that, like, if you lock up, that's like an amateur mistake. I'm like, okay, Nico. <laughs> okay, guy. Um, but obviously it's hard to see Giovinazzi who worked so hard to make it into P7 just completely drop. Yeah, but I mean, like, he'll always have that quality result. We, I don't think he had race pace to stay where he was, anyways. But absolutely not. Um, Fernando Alonso really impressed me again. So he's in his forties. He <laughs> retired and then got pulled back in. And Alpine, you know, they just wanted someone that's consistent and someone reliable to help their team along. And today, he really showed his experience. There was twice where he overtook. And he was the high line. So yes, those turns that are banked, like Caitlin mentioned, he took the high line and it was like really, really cool to see because his experience was really showing in that moment where he would hold off right until just the right moment and then like make the right pass. So 
I don't know. He's been a real pleasure to watch, to be honest, and learn yeah, no. from, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. see Definitely. what one of the greatest would do in a situation. He he really is, like, a great experienced driver that's come back. Like, Kimmy is fantastic. Like, don't even get me wrong. But you haven't seen Kimmy kind of show his um, best, really, right? Versus, like, I feel like we're seeing Fernando Alonso still show us some incredible moves that are, like, top tier and this guy as Shani said he's coming back from retirement (laughs) (laughs) guys just cannot say retire they get bored yeah and I think what you say is so right where he just seems so comfortable in the car like just so comfortable knows where he's at like has no issue with it and I'm like dang goddamn like that's what you want in a teammate Mm -hmm. um but it's it's so exciting to see and then also that he is keeping freaking Esteban Ocon on his toes did you see what ended up <laughs> happening with their team order situation <laughs> okay I tried to follow what happened there <laughs> what was going on so basically like Fernando Alonso makes the pass gets ahead of Esteban Ocon and a few other drivers like he's doing a good job overtaking and then Esteban comes on the radio and he's like Fernando is so slow like basically okay, I did hear that <laughs> Yeah, basically dropping the hint of let me pass him. Let me get past him, yeah. Yeah, my pace is so much higher. And even the commentators were like, oh, yeah, he's right. Like, his pace, at least the ones that I was listening to, they're like, yeah, you're right. Like, his pace is so much slower. And I suppose that he must have, like, the Alpine team must have hopped on the radio and told Fernando Alonso, like, hey, let him pass. And Fernando was like, oh, I was just reserving my tires. Like, if you want me to go faster, I'll go faster. (laughs) That is epic. And then he just went for it and like went to like his regular pace instead of this reserving his tires. And his pace was like significantly more than what it was in that moment, but also just way faster than Esteban. So it was like, okay, like adding some spice. (laughs) That's funny. Oh, Alpine. (laughs) Fernando, what a guy. That's funny. Um, Okay, so back to the race lewis um his his strategy ended up being a two-stop race yeah. um and i guess so that went on the new on the radio and then red bull told max that was what was happening um and it's like well what do we think is gonna happen red bull is probably gonna follow whatever mercedes does <laughs> um but it, it really like they had on the tv that it could have been easily a one-stop race or it could have been two so um red um mercedes kind of came out of the gates first to be like we're gonna do the two-stop and kind of set the pace for red bull there as well Mm -hmm. and uh something i didn't note caitlin after spa which does impact a lot of the racing by the way is that there was a new directive to just slow down pit stops not meaning that the teams couldn't be fast but meaning that uh the little i don't know how to describe it but like the team has the driver come in and then the driver has their tire swapped and they have to wait for a green light to get back out on the track. They basically oh. have extended the time from when that green light actually comes on only by like a couple hundredths of a second or something, but it's just to slow down um, how quickly people are moving through pit stops. And it might be because of just how many accidents I feel like we've seen this year or near misses that we've mm. seen in the pit stops. So just something to note. It's just slower <laughs> interesting mm-hmm. it did seem like um yeah no that's interesting um 
but it's not their like speed in the pit stops though is it like the no. car's actual speed that stays the same okay yeah that stays the same it's like when the green light turns on they've added a couple more like tenths of a second or hundreds of a second before they can be let back out again to try and prevent shit from going down i don't know huh. interesting well i mean there wasn't shit that went down there was no crashes in the pit stop so evidently it's been 100 percent fine <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, with, um, Lewis in his two stop, they do his first stop about, um, 20, 20 laps in, I think. Um, so he went from his softs to mediums, but it was a pretty messy pit stop, like 3.6 yeah. seconds. I don't know. They couldn't really get that right front tire to do whatever they wanted to do. Um, so yeah, it kind of sucked 3.6 seconds because, you know, Red Bull's answering right away. Um, and they did. <laughs> they did the lap afterwards with Max, and his pit stop was two point seven seconds. So I mean, like, there's a second, right, that you've just added to Lewis's time to have to make up. So it's kind of shitty. Super not great. And at this moment, if you're viewing the race, Valtteri's actually out in the lead um, because of the little mess up with Red Bull and Red Bull responding. Uh, sorry, Lewis's time and Red Bull responding. Um, Max ends up in second with. Lewis Hamilton kind of hunting him down in third. Mm-hmm. And I noted here that like the one thing Valtteri needed to do was just like pull a Fernando Alonso and do everything <laughs> possible to slow down Max. Because if Max had to slow down, whether it's Valtteri blocking him or for whatever reason, then Lewis would be given the opportunity to catch up. So that's like what he needed to do. Um, yeah. And it's like, I, I don't, he's just proven that he's not as, I think, He's not as great as that as Fernando Alonso is like Fernando fucking set the bar so high <laughs> when he held up Lewis that it's like everyone wants that. But like Valtteri, like he could not do that against Max. No. And it was like so, so, so disappointing to see. Um, it, yeah. But like, was it was it unexpected though, Shani? Like, were you were you like he could hold him up like Fernando? I, I definitely was thinking he couldn't. I I just was like. I, I think you're right because this is our first sort of season watching every single race. And there have been so many times that Caitlin and I have been like, okay, Valtteri, just just do something. <laughs> like, <laughs> move over or like shut the door on this person. I don't know. Toto says, has said the same thing over radio, like shut the door on this person or whoever's uh-huh. driving up, which is normally Max. Um, and he just doesn't do it. So I don't know, like you're saying, it might just not be in his characteristics or maybe he's not aggressive enough. Who knows? But it's just like, oh, it's so annoying. You want a teammate that's going to do everything possible to block the other person. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. we are going to like quickly jump to the second Red Bull driver, which is Checo. It's also like one of my faves. Um, but he started in the pit lane (laughs) lest we forget. And at this point was doing a really good job, just charging through the back of the grid, which is kind of what he's known for. And I think one of the reasons why Red Bull signed him initially is because wherever Perez ends up, unless it's like an accident or something severe, um, he will figure out a way to charge through the back of the grid. And I think the Red Bull strategy for him was pretty spot on today. Yeah. Like he, he, you saw him every time, like just getting up on people and passing them, but like, pretty much on the first try usually so um it was disappointing for him starting that far back but he's definitely like he proved himself definitely is a great driver mm-hmm. for this race um so back to the max valtteri situation 
He literally, Valtteri only held him up for like two laps. <laughs> right? And it's like, okay, so Max Max gets past him and it's not like the main straight in front of like the grandstand fans and the fans are going, woohoo, going crazy. Um, and then like it was team orders pretty much to be like, let Lewis pass. Do not hold him up. And it's like kind of, I had in the back of my head, I'm like, he might. <laughs> he could, but he didn't. He let him by pretty easy. Um, and so like Max goes by, Lewis goes by, and then Botas goes into the pit. Um, and so much time still before Leclerc. Leclerc was in fourth, I guess, um, at this point. He hadn't pitted, but Gasly has. So um, Botas still comes out before that. So it's still like the one, two, three, the classic one, two, three. Yep. It's just kind of like, oh my gosh. Um, but by the time Botas has this, I don't know if you heard the same commentary, but by the time Botas has the second pit and he has gone so long on these tires. So in fairness to him, his tires were pretty worn. Um, the initial thought it's interesting in the post-race, like the discussion that happened, but the initial thought from the commentators at the time was like, oh, there's actually an opportunity right now if Valtteri plays his card right, cards right, and there's just a one stop for him to actually take the win, um, mm. because he was being pretty quick and like things like that. Um, but the issue, or like Valtteri with his bad luck, one of the things that happened that kind of worked against him was that Seb actually spun out at not spun out. I don't know. He like lost control it wasn't as dramatic as like a spin out sounds it was um, only like a quarter spin out yeah right and yeah. the good news is it's like no one got hurt everything is fine but because of that um it did slow Valtteri down yeah Valtteri <laughs> was right behind and had to like swerve to get around him so just cost him a bit of time it just cost him time but again yeah. no crashes no damages there was a double yellow flag just like tell people what was going on so it was all good in the end but i i think that um it definitely cost valtry some timing that maybe could have put him in a better position to i don't know why mercedes thought that he would win but like yeah to maybe <laughs> take the w yeah well i mean look was not on his side but look was not on seb's side either sorry still very early had to like i tried to keep that yawn and i tried really hard <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah bad luck for Valtteri bad luck for Seb this weekend to TBH I felt yeah, bad for it Seb. just wasn't his weekend either nope right. next one next one bring it Seb um so we keep going um there's 72 laps for this race um and about the 40 laps Lewis and the Merck team do his second pit stop um so right now he's on mediums and he goes to another set of quote-unquote spare mediums um they are used though um and i say spare because it's an additional set of mediums available that red bull does not have available to give max um so they go lewis onto a second set of mediums and red bull answers literally left 41 um puts for in and put them onto hards which um someone noted they're typically not the easiest tire for the red bulls um so I mean, we would see if that was true or not. <laughs> um, Lewis's timing for his pit stop, though, was not great. He ended up in traffic, so it cost him a bit of time trying to get around everyone. Um, Max, when he came out, timed it better, and he did not end up in traffic really at all. 
And so did you hear the commentary that Lewis is like, oh, man, this guy's so lucky with his timing. <laughs> did you hear that? Yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> it's like there's strategy that goes into that too, Lewis. Come on. Exactly. But whatever. Um, yeah. So <laughs> Lewis on his second set of mediums and Max is on the hearts. Like Lewis is hitting fastest laps consistently. Um after that but i mean does he always just like pull his classic movement mentioning all the tires they're they're wearing <laughs> i don't know how much longer these can last it's just so confusing <laughs> for everyone else that may be listening for the first time it's like none of us can ever understand whether lewis is being honest or whether he's just like trying to troll everyone else right right what a guy at one point, um, Esteban Open actually hopped on the radio to be like, there's a plastic tire, a plastic bag in my brakes. And when the camera shot over to where he was, like the bag was completely shredded. Um, like, why so was, why like, was there a plastic bag there? I honestly, Caitlin, I bet you just like some fan had it and it just blew <gasps> onto the track. That's yeah, that's pretty shit. That's yeah. really shit. <laughs> Especially because it's like, if anything else had happened, like such a dangerous thing. But yeah. He's lucky that it just like just got shredded and you know went on his merry Jesus. way. But... That's why we should not have fucking one use single use plastic bags, you guys. Exactly. Come on. And the what is it? The mobilization for the environment or something. They can it's probably like, use that. Yeah, they're probably also gonna show that video and be like, look, here is a plastic bag. This safety issue. And people <laughs> listen. As soon as you drop that safety where people have to like they take a double double look at you um so yeah he he got a scot free but like could have been something worse worse. um mclaren wise we have some updates yeah so our lovely boy lando was doing a really really solid job i also would say um he was doing a great job managing his tires so he was out there for a while Mm -hmm. um charging through the pack before and i think it was a lot of um strategy on McLaren's part of seeing when people were pitting and keeping just Lando out there as long as possible so he could could gain anything um and he was finally back in the points what I think was shite was Mm -hmm. uh it did come to a point obviously where it was like Lando and Danny out there um with Danny in the lead and you could tell that the team order came through because uh daniel ricardo apparently has if it's not we haven't seen it this season which is kind of shitty but normally he is really difficult to pass like he will not let you do that but he kind of just like let lando do it so everyone's like oh must have been team orders that you know he let lando pass which is like hurts the ego hurts my ego and i'm not even daniel ricardo so yeah, I think this like this was when we heard some pep talk from Danny to Danny. <laughs> oh no, it wasn't. It, it was coming up. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself, but it's coming up soon. Oh, I think that's really sweet. Right. It, it was a very cute little moment. <laughs> um, but so we have the switch of the McLaren, and then chronologically, um, I I don't know when this actually happened, but I just saw on the screen that the um spin out Haas driver was grayed out like he he was a dnf and i was like well what happened um turns out it was car issues and hydraulic issues specifically that took him out of the race god knows when yeah and then not too long after that um yuki who i also feel like just had like a shit weekend 
Um, do you, Kate, question, putting you yeah. on the spot. Do you think Yuki is going to be able to keep his spot at AlphaTauri? I have no idea. And I honestly think there's so much pressure on him because when he first, I think, was it his first race? Or it was like one of his first races. He ended up finishing, like qualifying, sorry, in P8. And then the team managers at AlphaTauri came out. They're like, he is the best rookie that we've seen. Like all this stuff about how great he was. And since then he has just not performed. I do think though your first year in Formula One is just like kind of a mess. But with Pierre performing so well like I think ideal situation is that you have what Mercedes has right which is like it's kind of consistent and annoying because it's always like a two three or like in the past it was a one two kind of situation um or you see with the Ferraris right now like they're like neck and neck and that's what you want for the points but it's just like with Yuki it's just not great so uh today he was out and I I didn't understand why um similar to what Caitlin said about the other Haas driver but it turned out that he like there was power loss in the car or something but it I don't know I'm concerned about him too I just don't know how long that contract is because I do think it would be kind of brutal to only sign like a newbie freshman for a one-year contract my thought process is is that it's probably a two-year contract yeah, I, I hope he gets more another shot, um, an F one season. But because like honestly, yeah, this season he has not been doing so hot, like most rookies. But I mean, maybe especially it's just contrasted so much with Pierre, like you were saying. Yeah. <sighs> Anyways, he was out. It was lap fifty. Um, so okay, and now we're getting to our Danny esque <laughs> epic pep talk that we heard over the radio. <laughs> So it was, um, so the, cause Lando passed. So Lando was in front of him, then it was Danny and then it was Prez actually. And Mike Shannon was saying Prez is just storming through the field. He's coming up on these guys. He wants to pass. And so two orders to Danny. I was like, hold Prez up, hold him. <laughs> and Dan, he just repeats to himself. He's like, okay, Daniel, you're going to hold Prez up. You go, Daniel. <laughs> you hold him. <laughs> oh, I was like, oh, daddy. That's so sweet. I mean, he didn't hold him up for that long, but <laughs> whatever. Yeah. So unfortunately for Danny, he I also think it's like we know that the McLarens are hard to get around. So maybe he should have thrown the McLaren weight around a little bit. But at the same time, the Red Bull is so quick. Yeah. And Sergio Perez is just he's so good at this. Like he knows how to get through that grid. Um, so he passes Danny and it's funny, I suppose, like on one side, you hear Danny give himself a pep talk of like, okay, you're going to do what you can to block this guy. Um, but on the flip side, you hear Perez talk to himself as soon as he makes that pass of like, who's next? Like he's like gunning for everyone else. (laughs) Yeah. He was fucking, he was, he was up 10 spots at that point. And he's like, who's next? (laughs) Woo. Let's keep going. (laughs) Seriously. Just like did not give a shit and was ready to take out anyone. Funny, funny. Um, I haven't noted here that, like, next up, Prez is up to pass Lando. Um, and there may have been a little bit of elbows out. There may have been a little touch. Um, pretty much, like, immediately deemed a racing incident. No one really looked into it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, a little bit of a touch. But in the end, in the end, Checo still does his pass. Um, slaying it, man. Right? 
Uh, Valtteri goes in for his second pit stop and to get onto softs at lap 68. But it was so freaking slow. And it is pretty freaking slow. Did yeah. you hear what the commentators, what did they say on your end? I don't. I don't yeah. recall. Because on my end, what the commentators were saying was that the, you know, how I was saying, like, there's the usual pit stop and now there's like a time lap gap, I would say, between that and when the green light will go off. That there likely was like an issue with the timing of the green light because he shouldn't have been there for five seconds. Was he um, just sitting there or were they working on the car? I can't even remember that. They swapped his tires and then he was just sitting there. Ooh. And it was like, what is going on? This guy just That's harsh. This year is just not a good year to be Valtteri Bottas. No. 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 So it obviously five seconds. Like you lose so much time at that point. It's just not good. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's really shitty. Poor guy. So it's like pretty much after that. um, And like they're not. They pretty much recognize that he's not going to. It's better for the team to help Lewis protect his P2 spot. Than yeah. for Valtteri to fight for anything more than his P3. Um, so what they tell him um, is like, protect. <laughs> um, so he goes into his second pit, I guess. Actually, I think they did this strategy to protect P2 for Lewis, right? Because then Lewis could go in for another pit and get mm-hmm. that fast as that. Um, but so- I don't think that was communicated properly to Valtteri, hey? I, I don't think so either. I don't think they gave him the full story. Um, and then, so they ended up telling Valtteri, like, oh, you have new tires, but, like, don't go for fastest lap. Stop trying to get fastest lap. <laughs> and Lewis on his radio was like, I want that extra point. Um, so what ended, they ended up, um, like, Valtteri was quick, quick, quick in the section one and section two. And I think it came during section two, the team orders to Valtteri to be like, hey, do not get this fastest lap. Um, and so he dropped off in his sector three to give, I, I guess, Lewis the chance to get that fastest lap. But I almost had the feeling that like Valtteri had a momentary, like rebellious thought to be like, oh, it's just one more sector. I could just fucking gun it and get that fastest lap. Oh, fuck Lewis. <laughs> And I think that was on the team radio, though, because Valtteri, like, they first told him, don't go for fastest lap. And he was like, why? (laughs) Um, Let me do my job. Exactly. And then they have him go out there and he's uh, apparently throughout the race, he has been quicker than Lewis in section one. Um, So he's like getting through section one and two. And then they come on again and tell him to, like, stop. Uh, I just think that's so tough though, right? Because you are told like you need to race, but then you're also being told not to because it could hurt Lewis's chance. Yeah. And I think that like if Valtteri goes to a different team and he's the first driver, really, like he won't ever have to go through this again. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Poor Valtteri. Um, I did note that there was some commentary that... Um, people were like oh Lewis could go for his like third pit stop really like the mid 50-ish laps um, mm-hmm. reminder like 72 laps total and then put him back onto softs and that's like 20-ish laps to pick up like it would be probably like 25 second gap to max at that point but on softs could he have done it I personally thought that would have been something we're trying right I thought he probably could have given like he's done huge comebacks before right on new tires yeah. 
they ended up um, keeping him out until what, like the very last lap or something. Lap 70, they switched Lewis again onto softs and he pulls off the fastest lap on Valtteri. Um, but I thought it was a missed opportunity on Mercedes's part. The strategy was definitely all over the place this race. Yeah. And I know like there's comments about it <laughs> in post-race interviews. For sure. So we end the race with our usual typical podium. Um, yep. I would say typical to what we've seen this season, which is Valtteri in third, Lewis in second, plus the fastest lap that he got like quite literally at the nick of time. Yep. Um, and then Max in first. And obviously because of where they're located, everyone's just losing their goddamn minds. Pretty much, yeah. Like it was, it was the perfect race for Dutch fans. <laughs> um, everyone's like, "Oh, it was still like Lewis was chasing Max. It kept it interesting, like pressure on Max, but he still pulled it off, and that's great for the Dutch fans." And like I said at the beginning, I personally thought it could have been closer, but I'll take it. Um, what does this mean for the championship, so Shannon? Yeah, so uh, I suppose before Max was up, uh, sorry, Lewis was up by three or two and a half. I don't know what those like half point system. Um, so now Max is up by three, the gap between Red Bull and Mercedes is down to 12 with Mercedes still in the lead. And Mm -hmm. I think something exciting is that Max is the first ever Dutch driver to win the Dutch Grand Prix. So yes, yes, all around makes sense why everyone was celebrating and being so, so, so excited. Right. Um, Checo, uh, finished in P8 and he also got driver of the day, which totally makes sense to me. Yeah, he just, like, he roared through that field, so well-deserved. Good job, Checo. So, yeah, brings us to the end of the race. Um, and then Shanka and I, like we have been saying, we're listening to different interviews, and Shanka was Sky Sports, and I think you got the very interesting ones. Yeah, I think it's just having Nico Rosberg, because he's just a wild man. He's just there to stir up everything um something caitlin noted and i think that added to a lot of the atmosphere is that the dutch fans like max told the dutch fans to not boo lewis um in general which we didn't hear at all at all versus like Mm -hmm. somewhere like silverstone or whatever um we've heard it so uh in lewis's post-race interview he just was like really excited to be there and so that it's like one of his favorite tracks that he wants to be back like banks were great all that kind of stuff I would say, like, in general, the atmosphere, I don't know if it's because, like, this is the first big sort of event that they've had. I won't, I don't want to say post-COVID because it's, like, not over, but <laughs> through COVID in the Netherlands, and it's because it's a Dutch driver. Like, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because they had Tiesto, like, throwing a giant party. Who knows? <laughs> but just yeah, Tiesto, like, congratulating Yeah, Max, right? Like, their Max buddies. <laughs> But it just seemed like everyone was so excited. So I honestly think even if Lewis had won, it would have been obviously disappointing at a home crowd. But I still think they would have had a party of it. Like, I think they were just so excited to celebrate being there. You know what I mean? Because it hasn't been so long since a Formula 1 race has been there. So, yeah, it was good. I I wonder if Max hadn't told his fans. Like, it could have either gone either way. Um, to the extremes I think like had Max not told the fans not to boo Lewis there could have been like the most booing I've ever heard in my life because yeah. <laughs> I really think that like you're either team Lewis or you're team Max seriously so um 
they could have booed him crazy or they could have just been like i find dutch people to be very respectful maybe they didn't need to be told not to boo him maybe they want to boot him anyways we'll never know exactly but um kind of like on the f1 tv side so we did have nick debris as co-host this time um he he kept using the word like we us when talking about mercedes i'm like oh honey that's so sweet because you might not be a mercedes guy next year if you go to alpha but anyways (laughs) um he he was like we didn't have the pace for red bull this weekend like full-on just acknowledgement and that kind of set the pace for those interviews (laughs) with everyone um no pace yeah yeah um on my neck of the woods, Nico Rosberg was being so savage during his interview with Toto. It's so funny because it's like, this is the guy you used to work for. But I guess at this point, it doesn't matter. Um, it was equal parts just hilarious and awkward because he was challenging on like, he was challenging them on every single thing. And I think most interviews Toto does with Sky News, it's just like, okay, like very generic, almost like hockey answers where it's like, yeah, we learned from this one. They just had more pace. Like we'll be at the next one kind of thing versus Nico being like, you know, why did you put Lewis on mediums instead of hards? You know, why did they choose to pit Lewis when they did? Um, You know, what happened with Valtteri almost taking fastest lap from Lewis? Like he was asking really not challenging questions, but I think questions that um, were throwing Toto off a little bit, which I thought was. I love that. Yeah. Um, I wish I saw that yeah it was funny to watch but they closed the interview with just the driver information Mm -hmm. I guess like Mm -hmm. knowing what's going to happen and who's moving where and Toto said that there's a 50-50 chance we'll know by next week so by Monza um, who the final drivers are but the biggest thing is it seems like there's still some negotiation happening between contracts and I don't think it's just like the Mercedes team I think just across the board with everyone swapping yeah. Um, so he's like, there just hasn't like it's there, but no one has signed like actual documentation yet, which is the issue. Interesting fear because they like if they're shifting people between Ferrari, School, Mercedes, Band of Brothers, and um, Red Bull, yeah, I do think the contracts will take time to figure out. A hundred percent. Um, he also right after that interviewed Christian. And <laughs> Christian, I, I don't know. I know I should like him because he's like a fellow Scorpio, but I was just like so annoyed at almost his arrogance through this interview because he was just like, we knew what Mercedes was going to do the whole time, um, which I think is stupid because Mercedes didn't even know what Mercedes was doing. It seemed like during this race. <laughs> so what's Christian saying? Um, he's like, I've never seen a country like be this excited about their driver, like all this stuff where I was like, oh my it's God. that like kind of subtle digs. it's like kind of subtle digs but then also just I think it's the arrogance of knowing that he's got like one of the best drivers which is just annoying right it's just irritating it's it's like like, Christian you didn't you didn't birth Max Verstappen you did not make him the driver he is today you've given him a good car to get like to progress his career but like you are not everything to Max stop pretending like everything you've done is the reason Max is where he is (laughs) And that's exactly it where I'm like, no, Max and his, you know, both of his parents were in motorsport. Like he truly is in the league of his own, but it's not because of Red Bull. It's because of Max and how he grew up. Um, Everything. Yeah. Yeah. He did give up a, like, like a little, little shout out to Perez, um, which I thought was needed and necessary. Um, But it shouldn't have been little. Perez like fucking charged up 11 places or something. 
exactly I was like come on like give more clout or something to your driver your second driver that just like oh my gosh is just worked his ass off I think I can understand why people say it's a toxic environment at Red Bull I think I can see why Mm -hmm. I totally hear it and um (laughs) Caitlin you have this note which I think is funny yeah he uses his his fucking words man he's like it was a clinical race today um and I'm like just stop it (laughs) I get annoyed also over the radio who kept being like this is mega Mega, mega." and I'm like what (laughs) can you just not Christian (laughs) just stop talking it's embarrassing all of us (laughs) You're embarrassing all the <laughs> fellow water signs just by saying this. Uh, so funny. Uh, but, um, yeah, sorry. you noted the next one. Yeah, he did say that Mercedes should have the upper hand in the upcoming races. So just like the environments are better suited to the Mercedes. Um, but it was so funny because Toto, I think, played his cards a bit closer to the chest where he's like, well, it could go either way. Like, But basically, it could go either way, but it's basically going to be like a Red Bull or a Mercedes that takes it kind of thing. Kind of like the rest of the season. We're very good. We got mm-hmm. we got excitement coming up then. Um, the next person that was part of the Nico Rosberg sort of interviews was Pierre, um, who finished fourth, and he had the biggest smile on his face because he truly was like there was like no <laughs> more he could have done. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it was the usual top three and him. So there's like nothing more he could have done. Um, he said as a team that this is the best season that they've ever had and that they're competing with the Alpines, which I thought was mm-hmm. interesting because hmm. I would say that the way that Pierre's driving, he is not competing with the Alpines. He's definitely competing with like a McLaren Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just yep. him, maybe like the team as a whole is competing with the Alpines, but I don't know. He kept saying over and over again that the car has been working everywhere, which is true because, I mean, obviously last race wasn't a real race, but his last, I think two other finishes um he's been like at five or six so i think last race was like six and i think the race before that was five so he's doing a really good job at being consistent um the fourth just kind of it's the icing on the cake uh he said he was really really surprised that he was able to outpace the ferraris and hold them off for basically i would say like the win meaning like fourth place for him so it's really good, but um, like again, with Caitlin, I've talked about through this podcast, it's just like, where the hell is he gonna go next? Like, I have no idea because I think he's doing the best he possibly can right now at Alvatore. Yeah, I I just hope he like he should get rewarded more for everything he's been able to do, and if the Red Bull family won't do it for him, follow our advice, Pierre. Come on, listen to us. Yeah, just like <laughs> truly. Um, I did like I heard from Pierre on the F1 TV too. Um, yeah. and kind of adding to everything you said, he was happy with the result. He had to fend off Charles pretty much the whole time. So, like that can't be easy holding off a Ferrari, but he did exactly that. Um, and then they brought up Monza because last year, this time at Monza, Pierre actually won. So it's like he he doesn't anticipate that much luck for this year, but like. I mean, it's always kind of there, right? He obviously is good at the track. So, so true. Um, I guess it comes back to that conversation we had about luck where it's like, hey, sometimes it works in your favor. Sometimes it just doesn't. So who knows what could happen? 
exactly. Sorry, I'm like trying to do my hair at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so Danny Rick. So did you hear from Danny Rick on your side? No, like the only thing that I oh. heard about was just the, the driving stuff that I mentioned earlier about his start. Yeah, okay. So um, we did hear from Danny Rick and he was just like, it wasn't sad, but it was just like kind of unimpressed, right? Um, he's like, this is probably the best result we could have had today. Um, whether it was like me or Lando getting that one point, but he's like, we didn't have much pace. And he honestly admitted that the team strategy may have been not been my bad, not been executed that well. So they said they'll take it back and evaluate. And it was not, not a good weekend for them. It was really, 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 really not. Um, how about you chat about your interview with Lando before I dive into like my interview? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like I saw Shani's notes for Lando's interview on Sky Sports and I really want to hear more. But um, <laughs> his interview with F1, he's like, um, he kind of, they all kind of knew that their car was not great on quote unquote, these kind of corners, like their characteristics weren't great for such a shock which I thought was interesting because I'm like what what kind versus like you haven't had banking before so I'm curious but whatever he is looking forward to Monza he thinks that'll be good for them so we shall see yeah and I think on the flip side like I said just the interviews were so different which makes me wonder Caitlin if we need to start watching both like post-race stuff because it's uh I don't know there's like different things happening so with his interview with Sky News, he, I don't know what he was talking about. I don't even think he knows what he was talking about, <laughs> but he says the term blowy <laughs> and then he tries to like catch himself and he's like, oh, is that a real word? And the reporter's like, yeah, that's a real word. And he's like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to get clipped on the internet for saying blowy. Like it's going to be all over Twitter. And at yeah. that point, like he loses it. Like he cannot get through the interview the interviewer is laughing too and he's laughing so hard that he's crying oh my god um and I just don't even know if it's about the word blowy at that point like I just feel like he's just laughing. couldn't keep it in <laughs> yeah the reporter is laughing it's just like they can't get a rein in on this and then his um press person is also giggling away and I think it was just like an attack of the Googles. I don't know. But I just thought it was so funny because we know when Lando Norris breaks, he like really, really breaks. We saw it in <laughs> yeah, that. Um, was it an interview that he did with? Like Danny, Danny Rick. And, yeah, yeah. But Danny was still with Alpine, right? Or something. He, he was with Renault. Yeah. Yeah. And Danny like said, I'm not going to repeat the comment, but like he said something to Lando and then Lando broke and then like could not in tears yeah yeah he could not get it together which was like the exact same thing that happened here um and he was asked about just the incident with Checo and Lando was like well I'm not gonna make his life easy like you know we're all racing we're all here to try and win um but Nico after Mm -hmm. you know they cut post interview Nico was like, oh yeah, hundred percent. We're going to see those memes of you saying blowy, like it's just going to happen. Um, but he said that he completely like disagreed with Lando's take, um, but said that Lando hasn't likely still hasn't seen the video of the lines and stuff like that. So he may change his mind after he sees that. And in Nico's mind, Sergio Perez was ahead and Lando just like simply did not give Sergio enough space um Hmm. which 
kind of touches on because uh, they had an incident like that at Silverstone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it seems like with Lando being like, I don't think I did anything wrong. Um, I think on the flip side, you had Perez through the interviews. He looked visibly upset, even though he quite literally had like one of the biggest drives of his life, meaning that he got through that grid. um, But it's because his car, when he did collide, and I want to say collide in terms of not the big like accidents that we've been seeing, but they definitely bumped each other. Um, His car took a lot of damage on the side. Interesting. Which ended up slowing him down. So he was saying that I could have ended up in P6, like if I hadn't had that incident with lando but then you heard something different so that's perez's sort of yeah everything but you heard something different on f1 tv right yeah like we heard that perez he wanted more than what he got like he said i could have had p5 p6 but it's kind of like he said the reason was um if he didn't have difficulties with this like unspoken Haas driver at the beginning or something so i guess something happened with him and spinning man um like cost him time or something so maybe it's a combination of both likely the case yeah I, I probably honestly like you any of those drivers having any sort of mistake will impact you getting the spot that you need um yeah. Nico had a good point though where it was like yeah Perez did a really great job um and there's no way to be like oh he he didn't work his ass off but he's like Perez needs to qualify better like yeah. we know this um, they want someone that can partner Max, which means like they want the Mercedes one, two, they want their, they own want Red the Red Bull, Bull one, two. one, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. And they need Sergio to just do better to help in the driver's championship. And yeah. I think so far he has done better than Alex Albon on Pierre Gasly. He's also had more time in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's something to be said that like, even Sergio Perez, who's the seasoned driver is having, Maybe difficulties the, keeping up with max keeping up with max but also getting a handle on this car mm-hmm. um which we saw with again pierre and um alex who are significantly less experienced but they had a similar issue so uh we know that sergio Perez's contract got extended so great for him but i'm curious to see like who basically who is going to be that number two to max if max is like this incredible like who is going to be that number two I don't yeah. know if they're going to find exactly who they're looking for. I don't know either. I feel like Christian Horner's expectations are maybe a bit sky high, but I mean, we'll see. Yeah, a hundred percent. We'll have to see. Um, I, there was a really cheeky interview with Fernando Alonso, who again, I think is coming out to be this like secret favorite of mine at least just watching the best do it and how you learn he was saying Mm -hmm. the biggest thing was like tire degradation degradation like no one really knew no one meaning the drivers (laughs) were really not sure uh what was going to happen and he he said that he was really not surprised by his drive but he was surprised that he even had the opportunity to pass signs and like do the things that he was able to do um, and similar to what you and I were saying throughout this entire podcast is Nico Rosberg also was like, Fernando Alonso is just, he's doing really, really well and has picked up the car quickly. It's clear that he's comfortable. He, even though he came out of retirement is quite settled, um, and is doing extremely well. So we love to see it. Yeah, for sure. For sure um okay who else do we want to talk about quickly let's see we see 
Um, I want to touch on our three winners. We had some interviews across the board with Lewis, Valtteri, and Max. Yeah. Um, so, oh, Shani's note was this one for Lewis. Yeah, so Lewis, um, <laughs> uh, I, I want to make a quick note. Like, as they were talking through all this, um, Jensen Button was saying, like, Nico kept being like, oh, this race was easy. Like, it was so easy for Max. But Jensen Button was like, no, it wasn't. Like, there's no way that it was that easy. Um, so I think it was interesting to also see these two champions basically butt heads over even the commentary. I'm like, okay. Uh, <laughs> so with Lewis, uh, he he basically said that he didn't think that Mercedes had, like, the best strategy today, and he didn't really hide it. Um, and what I thought was funny, though, is that the interviewer asked him, like, hey – you know, what was going on with your tires? And he was like, oh yeah, the tires were fine. Like there was really no me reserving my tires. Like I was going full out the whole time, which counters everything that we heard on the radio, which the Sky News team like must've caught on too, because as soon as he said that in that interview and they wrapped it up, um, they played a montage of him after being like complaining about his tires throughout the entire race, which I thought was so, so, so funny. How do they put a montage together that quickly? I have no idea, but they like cut it. So it was like every single time he complained about his tires right after he said that, like, yeah, my tires were fine. <laughs> I was like, God, okay. Lewis. Um, Nico did kind of agree with Lewis and he said the Mercedes strategy was just all over the place. Um, but then he went further and said that, you know, he doesn't think that the Mercedes strategy has even been on point this season. So that they're making cracks, like there's cracks in the foundation that wasn't there before, um, which again, proving that, you know, it totally depends on how you view the race. Um, Jensen Button disagreed with him and was like, oh, it's fine. Like, I think it's doing well. I'm like, okay. That's kind of cool that you get the two opinions from the two like previous drivers. A hundred percent. It provides like different perspective. Um, I think on your end, you saw Valtteri first, right? I might have yes so it was about that fastest lap situation I noted because they asked him point blank to be like were you going for fastest lap um to take that away from Lewis he's like well yes I pushed in sector one and sector two but I backed off in sector three and I'm like okay sure you did you (laughs) definitely wanted to rebel against the fucking team orders I know how you are Valtteri and honestly, at this point, when you know you're leaving the team, like, why not just completely fuck everything on your way out? But I get why he didn't. I think it's important to not do that. Um, when they spoke with Valtteri today on uh, the Sky News, he said that it just like today wasn't the best day for him and the tire management was really hard. Um, but I think to tie in what you were saying about just the sector one, the wanting the points for the fastest lap and all that kind of stuff. He said that he knew and knows that Lewis needs that point more than him, um, which is interesting that he's saying that in this interview because the way that he was behaving, it was kind of like, are you sure that you know that he needs the point more than you? Like, what's going on here? Um, and he also said that he's just really, really enjoyed, again, the atmosphere, even as a Mercedes driver, just everyone's been so warm and welcoming to them. So he just really, aside from the not so great race day the actual atmosphere of the race has been really really great
very cool i'm just like stuffing a backpack as i'm going like backcountry camping you guys in like 10 minutes <laughs> so sorry if you hear some like small little sounds on the side the last person that i heard from well i have like quick two notes after that but is from max and he was just so calm cool and collected like he he definitely spoke to the fact that he felt some pressure you know with it being a home race um but again like he killed it so great for him he did say that he thinks monza is better suited for the mercedes um but they asked him about just what do you think this race will do for the netherlands and he's like i think this does such a great job of just showing off the country and what it has to offer and everything that we've seen it does seem like hey this is we're adding it to our potential list of like places we're going to visit um because it's just a great solid experience for everyone he isn't over the top excited though like isn't um i don't know i don't know how to describe it but you would think just like so ecstatic or something and I think it's very similar to what we saw with Christian, where even Christian wasn't like jumping up and down. He was just kind of like, yeah, okay, we won. Um, and I think it's because even though this is, this is one race, it's a home race. Like, yes, it's exciting. There are so many more and it's like, yeah, you want to celebrate for like maybe 10 minutes, but other than that, it's like on to the next one, especially right now when it's like a triple header. So uh, other than that, like he was just like pretty calm and chill. And then nico again just like doing nico things there is a rumor floating around that total wolf called a specific streaming service um called netflix (laughs) into his office or like the mercedes office to film the contract signing of george russell that's a juicy freaking nice and juicy freaking rumor shani i know and like nico's the one just spreading this he was like it's a rumor around here i'm like i feel like you just made this up and like put it out there for the world um but i also think great marketing right if they catch that on camera for drive to survive why not Um, that'd be epic yeah right and the last note that i had was just that they interviewed the circuit manager which i thought was really cute because i don't think we hear from the circuit manager very often um of any of the races that we've been to been at sorry we've been at that we've watched and I thought it was so sweet because he was just so 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 excited he was saying that they had way bigger plans to have a fan village and like this huge podium and all that kind of stuff but obviously COVID makes things challenging but that this is really the best they could have done and that he is just so happy that people have enjoyed it and that the fans came out and all that kind of stuff so um, I think that we know that they're back for 2022, but if COVID is, I don't want to say over, but handled, um, I do think that Zand Wart is a place that you need to put on your Formula One must visits because it seems like this circuit manager just has some plans. He has some huge plans. So yeah, that's kind of like everything I've got from this lovely race. Yeah, I don't think, like, I don't have anything else to add either. Um, I think, like, honestly, it was so nice to see a race again, because it's been a month. Thanks, Spa. You were supposed to make it only three weeks, but you did not. So, been a month. It was good to see everyone back in action. Everyone still seems on fine form, for the most part. So, the next race is at Monza, which I know we're, I mean, I'm very excited for, but I think we're collectively excited for just to see what will happen uh, like we mentioned earlier in the podcast, Max is currently in the lead, but just by a couple points. Um, 
Red Bull has cut down the lead between them and Mercedes, um, but Mercedes is still ahead by 12. So there's still a lot that can happen uh, throughout the next couple races. So we'll have to see what ends up happening. Well, yeah, we are still up for a very exciting second half of the season. Exactly. Um, but if you want to stay in touch with us after this podcast or any other time, you should follow us on Twitter at get checkered or on Instagram at get checkered or on TikTok because we've been like working really hard on the TikTok game lately. And we're not doing bad. Shani yeah. had a fucking viral video. <laughs> we love to see it. Um, and if you're someone that's listening that came from TikTok, hello. It's nice to just reach some new people, but follow us there. Let us know your thoughts. Um, I do think in the next week, we'll probably get some more driver announcements on who's going where. So really excited for that. Um, but other than that, uh, I got nothing. Caitlin's like rushing around to pack a backpack. <laughs> and trying to find the cats. They've literally wandered into no man's land. I don't know where they went. Who's taking care of them while you're gone? Um, my roommate, Anisha, she'll be back in a few hours. So she'll just take care of them for the three days. Three days of your backcountry camping. Yep. 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 All right, friends. Well, that's all from us. Uh, stay checkered and we'll chat with you in the next one. Yeah. Have a great week, you guys. Okay, bye, Talk friends. to you later. Bye.